Hi, my name is Jane, and I will be coming to you with my seventh podcast, and I want to uh, encourage and enlighten on some beautiful scriptures that was written by King David, which is the Psalms and the Proverbs, written by King Solomon, his son. One is talking about wisdom, and the other one is talking about um, giving God the glory and being after God's heart and loving God and knowing what God wants. So, I will be coming from Proverbs, Six and two. It says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. I would like to reach at this word taken. And it means that you can be beguiled charmed or captured with the words of your mouth so the words of your mouth are very powerful hallelujah and we have to watch what we speak out of it because either we can cause things to happen that should not happen It can, it can doom us. It can bring us down if we sing the wrong things in the atmosphere. Like maybe screaming at our children loudly or screaming at somebody else and talking down at them or at them or saying some malicious, hateful, nasty words out of our mouth. It can mess us up, or it can cause destruction to come to us. So we have to watch what we say, how we say, when we say, and who we say it to, because it's very important that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in God's sight, which we want every day and every night to be acceptable. How we talk to our wife, how we talk to our husband, all of that is so, so very important to God because one day we will be judged for the words, the very idle words that came out of our mouth God is going to judge us for it. So we want to watch at all times. And you know what? Even when you're on the street and you're in the car and somebody then pulled up beside you and almost hit your car, what flies out of your mouth? I hope it's Jesus. So we need to think about that. Instead of like cursing a man or woman out and say, oh, you so-and-so, 
you almost hit my car. I wish they would have. That's not God. And God doesn't want that to be flying out of our mouths, but he wants joyous, happy words, words of contentment, you know, words that have meaning, uh, that help somebody rather than hurt somebody. Hallelujah. So yes, we can be charmed by the words of our mouth, so we have to be careful what we say out of our mouth. Yes, I want to also come from Proverbs 6 and 34. It says, For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare. So the Bible is saying, there are people who are jealous and it will make them mad and angry when you know they just raging all of a sudden this the rage is crazy they just go crazy all of a sudden at you and you just being yourself and you're like okay uh why are they so angry? Some people are so angry because you have are blessed and you have maybe more than they do or they can't be like you or um, maybe you look better than them or whatever. They're just like, you know, uh, she makes me so mad or he makes me so mad. I just, I, she thinks she's all that. They just, they just can't stand you just being you. It's a rage of man. And he will come at you like a bull. He will come after you. Because he said he will not spare. He ain't going to spare you. Whatever he got to feel towards you or his rage is anger and yes rage means anger rage that's deep yes so we have to know people about their spirits and their spirits who they are when you see a man or a woman just raging at you it's because you're just being a nice person. It's because they're jealous. Or they kind of come up against you for no reason and you've done nothing. They're jealous. So, yes, and also, I would like to go to Proverbs 4 and 13 it says hold fast of instructions let her not go keep her for she is thy life hallelujah who is thy life wisdom 
Wisdom is our instruction. God's saying, hold fast. That means get a grip. Don't let it go, no matter what you do. Keep her. That means like, it's something wonderful to you. Keep her. Don't throw wisdom in the trash. Keep her. Like you keep your money in your purse or wherever you keep it. Keep her. It's because she is thy life. Without wisdom, without the wisdom of God on your side, you don't have life. There's life in the wisdom of God because it leads us in the right direction and it keeps us day by day and it helps us to walk in a way that is good and right so if we keep her close to our heart wisdom it will be a lot of things that we won't have to encounter or we won't have to forbear if we know how to use wisdom. And in Proverbs also 29 and 18, it says, He that covered his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy so if we want to have mercy we cannot cover up our sins we must confess them to God and not cover them up that's if we want to have prosperity if we want to go higher heights and deeper uh, goals in life we have to confess our sins to God. He said, if you confess and forsake your sin, forsake, get rid of it, turn away from it, Just, uh, don't go there no more. Say, I'm not going to have nothing to do with sin. Sin is behind me and God is before me so we have to say that to ourselves I will not cover my sin because I want to prosper so I'm going to forsake so mercy can be with me hallelujah and in Proverbs 31 and 10, it says, A wife is noble. She's an honest person. She is worth more, hallelujah, than rubies. An honest wife, a noble wife, a brave wife, she is worth more than rubies. 
Hey man's out there, if y'all get a good wife and she loves, mostly loves the Lord, she's honest, she's noble, she has good characteristics about herself, know that she is more highly than rubies. So keep her in your heart and your treasure like she's a ruby. Amen. And I want to go to Proverbs 18 and 10. It said, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous. Who is the righteous? The righteous is the ones that stay in God's laws and commands. And they know how to behave themselves. He said the righteous run in and is safe. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That means if you know God's name, this name is powerful. He said, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And he said, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So that's a powerful name. That's the name that God gave us. Because that name is a good name. And there's no other name whereby men that we must be saved. There's no other name given. So that's the name that God gave us so that we run to Jesus. We run to him. He will be that tower. He will be strong for us. You know, the tower is something that's really, really high. It's like way up there towards the sky. It's high. Y'all remember the Tower of Babylon? That was like a tower. That was a tower that was built. Was supposed to be built towards heaven because they were trying to get up there. So God is a tower, just like that. He's a tower. You can run into that tower, you know, and you will be safe. I mean, God will keep you. He won't let nothing hurt you or harm you. You will be safe with him. So he said, I am that safe place. Run to me. I will save you. If you run to me, I will keep you. If you run to me, I will help you. If you run to me, I will deliver you. If you run to me, I will bring you out. If you run to me, I will turn it around. And that's what God, he really wants to do for us. Amen. And it says about, um, to stay in God's commandments.
So, God's laws. Say, what is God's laws? God's laws are what He had laid down for us to follow. His ways is God's law. So, if God said, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not uh, murder, um, thou shalt not bear false witness, uh, thou shalt not be against your mother, that's listen, your mother and your father. Um, thou shalt not be a talebearer. It's so many laws that God has laid down, and also His commands that He has laid down for us to follow. And if we want to say that we are righteous, or we want to even have that name, then we must follow his laws and stay in his commandments because that's the way we show God that we care and we love him and that we want him. That's how he knows because we run to him in the time of our sorrows and our pains and what we go through. Um, in Proverbs 18 and 23, it say the poor use it in treaties, but the rich answer roughly. So the poor, they uh, make uh, treaties mean to make a request. They make a request uh, to the rich. I see a poor person on the street. Oh, can I have? Uh, $5 and you might have a money full of I mean a purse full of money and you uh, some people be like I ain't giving that man no $5 all he's gonna do is probably smoke it up they rough with the poor people who have a lot pockets of money they're rough they don't even want to give to the poor. And God is saying, the, the rich is like that. They don't care about the poor. But that's okay. Because God always takes care of the poor. He said, blessed is the poorest spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. We want to go also to Proverbs 18 and 19. It say, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. So it's saying a brother offended. Oh, we don't want to offend our brothers, our sisters in God. We want to love them, not offend them. It said brother means offend means to hurt or upset. Uh, when you have hurt and upset somebody, 
that loves God, it is hard to win them. It is hard to win them again because now their heart is broke. It is hard. They're hurt. They're upset. You know, you let them down. So now it's like trying to win a strong city over like a strong city. You know, you come against a city and you're trying to uh, get inside the walls of a city and everybody in that city is strong. You can't get in there. So it's like a closed door. It's hard, you know, to open, get that person to open up again to you because you have hurt them. So we don't want to hurt who we love, which is our sisters and brothers. We don't want to do that. We want to love them. So it says Proverbs 18 and 24. He say, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that stick it closer than a brother. So if you want to have a friend, you must first show yourself to be friendly. You have to be friendly to get a friend. Come harsh or mad or mean and think that you're going to you're not going to win them over. It's going to be the opposite. They're going to run from you. So if you want a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. Be nice. Be considerate. Be courteous. Be kind. Because that's how you're going to win them. That's how you're going to make them come close to you. But then also said there's a friend, which you know is Jesus, that stick it closer than a brother. He is the friend that will be there when a brother can't be there. He is a friend that will walk by your side in your darkest of night. He is a friend that's always waiting on the other side to hear your call, to hear you when you um, call upon him to talk to him, or you need to talk to him, or you just need him. He'll be there for you. Sometimes a brother be like, I ain't getting in my car and go way over there. I pick you way up over there. Shoot, that's too far. But God says, never too far with me. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are around this earth. I'm there. I will I will come to your rescue. You don't have to worry because I love you and I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. I will be there. You don't have to cry because I will dry those tears. 
I will bring some joy and, and comfort to you and happiness inside of you because I stick closer. And Jesus is that friend. He said, I call you my friends. Why? Because you do as I say. So I call you my friends. So now we will be going into Psalm. Psalms 68 and 21. It said, God shall wound the head of our enemies. The Lord will save Zion. So send the Lord. He shall wound the head of our enemies. That means that he is going to injure. He's going to do some injury. He's going to cut them up and he's going to break them up. That's what that's what wound means. To be injured. He can do some good damage to him. Uh, the Lord will save Zion. Zion is the church. The church of the living God. The church. He said, I will save Zion. So the Lord is going to take care of our enemies who are, and he will save us. So we don't have to worry about our enemies. God got a way of taking care of them. We just stay in his will. In Psalms 145, 18 through 20, it says, The Lord is near them that call upon God in truth. He said, he will also hear their cry and save them. Say, the Lord preserveth them that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. So the Lord is near us when we call on him in truth. That means honesty, being honest with him, being open with him, telling him the truth about the situation, our truth about us. So honesty being open-minded towards God. You know, we shouldn't even want to come trying to be untruthful with God because God don't like when we're untruthful. You know, He wants to rescue us from all harm and danger. 
when we need to come truthful to him. He said the Lord, he preserves it. That means he keeps us safe. Um, that we love him. But the wicked he will destroy. For God will preserve us. He will keep us safe. Because we love him. That love has something to do with something. When you love God, you can bet on it that he will definitely keep you safe. He will keep you safe and destroy the wicked. He will get rid of the wicked. He will move them from your path. He will shut them up. And you know by wisdom, you shut them up too. Because when you use wisdom, being wise like the serpent, you will shut the serpent's mouth. Because you're using the wisdom that God has given you. And you're using the wisdom that he has spoken to you or using the wisdom that come out of his word. In that situation. So yes, you will always come on top when you love God and you have to worry he will destroy your enemies and yes I want to also go to God's promises. Okay. In Psalms 49 and 4. The Lord says, He taketh pleasure in His people. What is pleasure? Hmm. Pleasure is enjoyment filled with happiness. Wow. That's amazing. Enjoyment. The Lord, He enjoys His people. He enjoys them. He is filled with happiness for his people. That's something to really take home and think about. Wow, God is enjoying me and he's filled with happiness towards me. I love it. Also in Psalms 29:11, it said the Lord will give to his people, he will bless his people with peace. So it's saying, God will bless his people with peace. He will bless us. And what does bless mean? Bless means 
to wish goodness upon us, to give us our heart's desires, to give us favor with Him, happiness with Him. He will bless us. And then when He blesses us, He will bless us with peace. He will give us quietness, love, joy. He will give us that peace in the midst of our storm. He will give us that peace. Our spirits will be quiet and not disturbed and our spirits are frustrated. He will give us that peace, that calmness, that warmth. He will give us that peace that we need. That the world cannot give. He will give us that peace. And when He gives us that peace, it's like everything around us just feels so calming. And you feel so calming in your heart. You feel so calming. It's like he touched you and you feel so much better now than what you felt maybe two days ago. And also I would like to go into Psalms 29 and 11. The Lord will give to his people He will bless his people with peace. God wants to bless his people. And he wants to give us things. And he wants to give us peace. The blessings of God, they are good blessings. They are blessings of strength. Sometimes we need strength, uh, blessings of good health. Um, Sometimes um, we need blessings in our mind, keep have a sound mind. So many blessings that God said he would give uh, uh, to us. So the peace that God has for us. Not as the world give, but the peace that God can only give deep down in our hearts, in our minds, in the midst of a storm of life, God brings the calm. Just like when they was crossing over to the other side on the boat and Jesus was, hallelujah, glory be to God. He was sleeping. And they got very fearful in the midst of the sea because they wondered how could this man sleep when all this is happening upon us? We, what are we gonna do? You know, so they were confused, but they woke Jesus up and Jesus stood 
in the midst of the sea in the boat and he rebuked the winds and the waves and the sea had calmed down and they all was like marble and they said what manner of man hallelujah what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves they obey him they were shocked and that's the kind of calm God wants us to have in our lives we're in, we're in the midst of our stormy sea amen I also want to read Psalms 91 14 which is one of my favorite chapters uh, because he has set his love upon me uh, not upon mama not upon daddy not upon sister cousin brother uncle children husband wife no because he has set his love upon me I will deliver him. I will set him on high, comma, because he has known my name. So God is saying, because you're focused on loving me, your love towards me is genuine, is real. To set your love upon something means you're not distracted by anything around you. Nothing can easily pull you away from the grasp of God's love and tender care. Nothing can easily sideswipe you or get your attention away from loving the God that set you free. Nothing in this world is more important than loving upon your God. And he said, because you have done this, he made you a promise. He said, guess what? I will. That means truly no doubt about this. You got it. I will deliver you. I will deliver him. I will set him. Another promise. On high. He's going to take you to higher heights. Because he has known. Known. That means you are familiar with what God can do. His power how you are familiar with that name and what it means and what it stands for. You are familiar. Because when you've known something, you have tasted. So you've known what God can do. You have known his name. So you get God's promises that's what you get. You get all of God's promises to you when 
you do love him. And then he says, and when you call to me, I will answer in trouble. And in the 15th verse, so God's saying, when you call to me, I will. That's another promise. I will answer in trouble. Just because you love me. You let nothing come between your love that you have in your heart. You let nothing pull you away or take your eyes off of me. And because you have truly did this, he said, I will answer in trouble and be with you. Wow, that's amazing. Truly amazing. God will be there in your trouble, your troubled times when you feel like you can't get through this. He said, I'm going to answer. You're calling to me. You know me. You know my name. He said, Jesus, please have mercy. Help me out of this problem. And you know what? He's going to answer it. I'm a living witness. He is going to answer it. He may not answer it when you want it, but he's definitely going to be on time. And he said, uh, I will deliver him and honor him. Wow. Another promise. He's going to deliver you. He's going to bring you out of this. He's going to take you out of this. He said, I will deliver him. And I will set him free from whatever he's going through. And then, he said, after I deliver you, I'm going to honor you. Wow. God even recognized that you're his child. Honor is to give uh, recognition or to recognize someone and give them appreciation and love. That's to honor someone. You recognize who they are. And to honor someone also means that you look at them as being someone special, someone worthy. To be called what they are called. Someone that you look up to or someone and someone you respect. So those are the lines of where honor is at. And it falls in those lines of what honor is all about. He's saying, then I'm going to show him my salvation. How I can bring him through. That's what that means. Salvation, the word comes from salvation, is the word saved. For God is going to show you how he can bring you out. He's going to show up and he's going to save you. 
He's gonna bring you through this. He's gonna bring you out of this. He said, you're a refuge. He is your refuge. Amen. And I want to go to Psalms 91, 14. We're going back a little bit. Uh, the ninth verse, he said, because I have made the Lord your refuge and thy habitation. No evil shall not come upon you. So God, he will make sure that No evil shall come upon you because you have made him your refuge. You have made him your habitation. Habitation means your place where you dwell, your place where you stay. That's the place that you cuddle in. That's the place that you sleep. That's the place where you eat. That's the place where you relax. That's the place where you trust. That's the place where you go and you have your being. That's that's where you go. You go in God. He is a habitation. Habitation is like a new place that you a place where you move to. And that's where you're staying at. It could be a country, it could be a different place in the world, but when you move there, that is your habitation now. Sister so saying, evil shall not come upon you. God will protect you. He will not let evil come upon you because you have made him. Your dwelling place. Hallelujah. God is my dwelling place. I stays in his presence. My mind stays in his presence of him. I'm always there. I love to be there. He said, made. Made the Lord. So you made up in your mind. The Lord is my place where I will dwell. David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord, who is the Lord's house? His presence. In His presence. That's where I want to be, in His presence. Because you can't be in the house of God, which we call uh, the regular church, house of prayer every second but you can be in God's presence you can dwell in God's presence he said because you have made him your habitation you're not talking about you just walk in the building and walk out no you made God your habitation so in the morning I'm there in the evening in the afternoon, I'm there. 
in the midnight. When I lay my head on my pillow, I'm thinking about my Lord. I'm there. And because I've done this, God made me another promise. He said no evil is going to come upon me. He's going to protect me. It will be my Then go down the street in your car, come back, and you know the Lord will be with you. Because why? You have made him your habitation. The place where you dwell, where you stay. The place you love to be. In Psalms 37 and 4, it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. What does delight mean? To please the Lord. To delight in the Lord is to please Him. He said, He shall give thee the desire of your heart. Shall means it will happen. He will do. That's a promise. But you have to delight. You have to want to please. You have to please the Lord. Make him smile. Make him look upon you. And take pleasure in you. Because you please him. And you you are um, going to please him. So therefore, he will make it happen for you. Also in Psalms 37 and 5, it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. So commit means to be devoted. When we are devoted to someone, that means we are loyal. We are not just easily taken away. We are faithful. Glory be to God. We are faithful to him, devoted. That means we give our time to God as much as we can, or as often as we should. Devoted. That's what devoted means. Like when you're devoted to a husband, you give time to him. That means you're faithful. You're not going to go off and look for other people to fulfill your need when your husband is there. That means you're tied to him. You're not going nowhere. Uh, you're bind to him. You bind to him. You're not going nowhere. So you bind to God. You tie yourself to God. It's like you take a string and tie a knot and you and God's uh, foot our hand and arm, our hand and hand is tied together. And you ain't trying to lose it because you're happy and content to be in his presence. And you're committed. That means that you're going to do all you can and your best to show God that you truly love him and you're devoted and uh, you're not going to change your mind about being with him. He said, if you do this, he said, again, he promised, he shall bring it to pass. 
but we can bear our way. The Lord shall bring it to pass. So whatever we need, we're going to see. We're going to see it happen. It's going to happen. So whatever we have asked God, he will bring it to pass if we be committed to him. If we have that commitment, that means that you're the only one. You're the only one for me. You're the only true one for me. And I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be loyal to you. He said, blessed are they. The Lord said, blessed. Blessed are they. You're going to be blessed when you commit your way to the Lord. I want to go back into Proverbs again, uh, some other scriptures that uh, I didn't quite get to finish. So I want to read um, Proverbs 3 and 29. It says, um, Devise not evil against thy neighbor, meaning the person that's near you. Your neighbor could be the person that's right next to you. It could be your wife. It can be your children. It doesn't have to be outside your house, literally. The person next door. Because you may not even know the person next door, period. But the people in your house, you do know and are familiar with. So it's the person right next to you. That's what neighbor means. Seeing that he dwelleth securely by thee. See, he's right near, he right next to you. Securely, they trust you. The ones that are around you, they trust you. Your children, they're supposed to trust you. Your husband, he's supposed to trust you, kept confidence in you. Or your wife. So, or it could be your uncle, cousin, whoever, and that grandma, whatever. God said, devise not evil against them. Don't sit there trying to figure out what you're going to come against them with or hurt them. God's saying, don't do that. Because they're trusting in you. They're having confidence in you. And you can destroy their confidence in you by sitting there trying to make a plan to do some evil stuff against them. God said, don't do that. Because they aren't trusting in you. And then we want to go to Proverbs Three and twenty-six. Say for the Lord shall be your confidence. He won't let you foot to be taken. So the Lord shall be your confidence. He won't let your foot be taken. So the Lord will be your safety. He will be your security. He will be your faith. So he will be the one to hold you up. He will be the one to give you strength. He will be the one to give you that courage. 
and he won't allow you your foot to be taken he won't let you go down like that he said the spirit of the Lord will hold up a standard so yes he will not let you be taken like that so just let the Lord be your confidence have confidence in God he won't let you down and in Proverbs 3 and 30 I would like to read it says strive not with a person without a cause if he has done thee no harm so don't fight a person don't try to come up against nobody don't try to you know you don't even have a cause some people don't they don't got a cause with nothing they just pickers they like to pick at folks don't start confusion say don't be a person of confusion bring a shame to it you know just picking at folks because this is what I just feel like doing feel it weak let me go over there I just I, I just let me see what's up no God said don't fight with a person without a cause you know especially if they ain't did you nothing what beef do you have to go up against them nothing so leave them alone in other words leave them alone don't try to harm them leave them alone and then Proverbs 3 and 9 it says honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of thy increase but God is saying, honor me. Bring something to me that's worthy. Bring your substance, the things you have, your offering, you. God wants you. And then he says, and the first fruits of the, thy increase, show your fruits to God, what you have done. Oh God, he wants to see, he wants the glory, he says bring, bring it to me, to honor me, bring the substance, bring the things you are offering to me, God wants to see, he wants to be honored. And he wants uh, our increase. So when we grow, he wants to get the, the honor out of, he wants us to show him. So God said, bring it to him. Show me your love. Show me your love. Okay, I want to go back to Psalms. Psalms 119 and 103. We're going to talk about being sweet tonight. Hallelujah. How our words can do wonders to the soul. It says sweet words are pleasant to the soul. Sweet words. 
and it is satisfying. It is satisfying. It's pleasant to the soul. So God's saying, what pleasant means, God is saying, his word is sweet. It is satisfying. That's what God's word is. It's sweet. It's satisfying. It's pleasant. It does wonders for the soul. God's word. It is a pleasant thing. It's a sweet thing. You know, sweet means pleasing to the ear. It's a very soft, mellow, melodish and gentle kind. You know, this is what we should know about God. His words are pleasant to our soul. It has gentleness. It has kindness with it. So we have to know that. And it's satisfied. It's satisfying. When you are satisfied, it's like somebody said, oh, I'm satisfied. I'd have had me uh, my favorite smoothie, and I am satisfied with that. That means I don't need nothing else. It's the best. It has done me good, and I don't need no more. I'm I'm good for I'm good for tonight. I'm good. That means I feel happy inside. I have a smile. And I feel calm and pleasant because it satisfied me. And that's how God's word is supposed to be pleasing to our ears and our soul. Gentle, kind, and sweet, and mostly satisfying. Okay. Amen. And we know that something to be pleasant it also could mean uh, to enjoy we enjoy it when it's pleasant it gives you a a particular sensation Um, it uh, makes you feel good inside So, this is what sweet words does. Not bitter words. Bitter words are the opposite. Bitter words make you upset, frustrated, mad, uh, want to withdraw yourself. You don't feel pleasant. You don't feel relaxed. You don't feel calming. And you definitely don't feel sweet. So, that's the difference between having sweet words and having bitter words and God wants the words in our mouth to be sweet so sweet to the listeners it's sweet to us it's sweet to our soul and it's going to do us good okay we want to go and talk about happiness Psalm 144 and 15 it says, "Who God? Who's God? 
is the Lord. So happy is the man whose God is the Lord. You are happy. Glory, hallelujah. When your God is the Lord. We're not talking about no Buddha. And we ain't talking about no Muhammad. And we ain't talking about no Harry Krishna. But we are talking about whose God is the Lord. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The King of glory. And we're talking about Jesus Christ. Nobody else. And then we want to go to Psalms 146 and 5. He said, we have to hope in the Lord. So we have to put our hope in the Lord. And when our hope is in the Lord, we are going to make it through. So whose hope? He said, um, faith is the substance of things. Hebrews 11. Hope for and the evidence of things not seen. So we are hoping for a better tomorrow. We are hoping for God to turn around our situation. We are hoping that we get that new job. We are hoping that means to put our faith in God. To hope for something is to put our faith in God. So we are hoping for that brighter tomorrow. Or we are hoping to go higher in God. Our hope is in Him. And then it says in Proverbs 3 and 13. said, happy is the man that findeth wisdom. When we find wisdom, it is a good thing to find wisdom. Find it, E-T-H. So continually stay in wisdom, stay in wisdom, stay in wisdom, stay in wisdom, stay in wisdom. Don't get away from wisdom. And keep looking for wisdom from God. Keep looking for wisdom in his word. You're going to be happy when you find wisdom. You're going to be okay when you find wisdom with God. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And then it's in Proverbs 3.18. Happy is the one that retaineth her. So it's talking about wisdom. You will be happy when you keep wisdom. You keep it. You don't let it slip out of your hand. You keep it. You hold it. Retain it means to hold on to. It's like the word retainer. Like apply it to you and keep it there. Don't let loose of it. Keep it there. Keep it with you at all times. Just like how you wear a purse or you put on a watch or maybe eyeglasses. And you that's the only thing you have to use to see with or you need that watch to tell time. You keep it with you at all times. So same as you would keep, want to keep wisdom. 
Don't let her go. You will be happy if you keep her. It's going to make you happy. It's going to make you so happy that you use the wise decisions on your daily basis. Or you maybe walk down the street and you say, I'm not going to uh, go over here because it's not wise. You know, over here is something going on that I should not have nothing to do with. It's not wise for me to get involved with that. God wouldn't be happy with that. Or etc. In that facility. As I was trying to say. Wisdom. We have to keep it on us. We have to wear it. Like a, a garment. A cloth. It should be worn. In our daily decision making. How we treat our family. Our husbands. Our wives. And even people. Maybe on our jobs. How we make the decisions. To talk. And respond. Response is very important. And we have to make sure we respond. In a wise manner. When someone asks us a question pertaining maybe to the word of God or pertaining to life we got to know how to respond and we respond by using the wisdom that God has installed in us and put in us to use and his wisdom he said um, in Proverbs also 16 and 20 he says he that handled a matter wisely shall find good and whosoever trusted in the Lord happy shall he be but God is telling you if you handle like I was saying you have to handle the matter the situation or what's before you wisely you got to come at it wisely you can't come at it as a fool you have to come at it wisely because if you come like a fool you know, you're going to go down. Something's going to bad come out of that. But if you come at it wisely, you handle the matter wisely, you're going to be okay. God said, you're going to find good when you handle the matter. So whatever the matter is, every person might say, what's the matter? That means, uh, what's the problem? What's What's the situation? Uh, uh, what seems to be going on here or uh, can I help you or what's uh, what you need what's you know so they want to know and then you take it upon yourself to say wisely you think about it before you answer you gotta think you gotta say well I see that such and such and such is going on and um, the way we need to look at this problem is that we need to such and such and such but you have to answer in a wise manner because you can say the wrong thing and it can just jack up everything so it has to be thought of before you continue with that answer because just one slight word can mess up the whole thing so little Little fox spoiled the vine. 
So just a little bit, that's all it takes. So you might say, sister, uh, yes, I think that was not right to do. And I would have took it uh, this other route because God wants us to such and such. But then you might say one little word that would put the crust over it and just everything just crumbles in your face. And you might say, sister, you just you just have a big mouth for something. And then what happens? Oh, that did it. That just crumbed it up. That crumbed it up right there. I got a big mouth. What do you say? Why are you what do you why would you say I got a big mouth? Because you always going off at your mouth. You might be telling the truth, but you didn't do it wisely. And because you didn't do it wisely now, you got anger and hate all of a sudden. I don't like her because she like trying to tell me I got a big mouth. Who she thinks she is. So, you know, being wise about how we go about our response and our answers are very important. Our answers and our response is very important. How we carry ourselves as Christians. Because people will think we're nuts if we don't carry ourselves in a wise manner. And God's telling us to be wise. And um, and if we trust in the Lord, God said, you know what? If you trust in me, he said, whosoever, no matter who you are, if you trust in me, said the Lord, you're going to be happy. You're going to be happy because I'm going to make you happy. Because you know what? You put your faith in me. And I love faith. God said he's going to come back on the earth and he's going to be looking for the faith. Who kept the faith in him? So where's the faith at? That's what he loves. He said, without faith, you cannot even please me. And if we want to please God, we got to trust in him. So we could be happy. Amen. Because God loves faith. In Proverbs 17 and 22. It reads. A merry heart. A heart full of happiness. Do it good. Like medicine. You know. Let me tell you what merry means. Merry means to be very happy and cheerful. Giving pleasure, delightful, jolly. I like that word, jolly. Anytime I think of jolly, I think about candy. <laughs> but we know it's not candy. But uh, yeah, jolly. Very happy person. So, if your heart is full of giving pleasure, helping somebody, wanting somebody to... uh feel good about who they are. Uh, you're a very delightful person and you're a person that's nice to be around. Nice atmosphere person. People see you coming, they just, woo, they smiling because they know that you ain't bringing no, you ain't bringing no pain and no sorrow. But here you come. Cheerful. You're cheerful. That means your, your countenance is Happy and beautiful, you know, very happy. And they, you just bring life to the atmosphere, my Lord. Life to the atmosphere. Life 
It's like medicine, bringing life to something. It's healing. Glory be to God. Healing property. Healing. You heal the situation by your sweet disposition of who you are. You're married, being married, and you give off the pleasure of being around. You're so delightful to be around. That's what God is saying. You do good like a medicine when you have that type of heart. You do good. It's like when somebody pop a Tylenol. And they say, oh, I feel better now. You know, the pain that was on my back started to go away. You know, I feel much better. You make the atmosphere change. Glory be to God. So bring the merry hearts in. God wants the merry hearts to come in. So we can do some healing. Proverbs 15 and 13. It also says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So, it will change the outlook of how a person is, even when they were sad. You bring life into that person's atmosphere. When their head was down, you made them smile. You gave them a reason to live. God is saying you can change the, a person's attitude and behavior by having a merry heart a cheerful atmosphere you bring into the room amen may God bless the reading of this word and I thank him for being able to present it and come before you God is good. I love all of you with the love of God, all the saints. You are wonderful people to me. And keep looking to God because God is making a way out of no way. He is opening doors. And there's some doors he's closing. But praise be to God. When he closed the door, he got something better because he always has a plan. So stay encouraged. Keep your head up and know God loves you. And don't be afraid to walk through your storm. Long as you know how to walk through the storm, keeping God before you, then God know that he's your number one. And there's no one before him. And let him know that you care about the things that he care about. And you want to make a difference in this life for him. So that he would get all the honor and the glory. In Jesus name. I thank him for all things. God bless. And you have a wonderful night. And keep looking up. Because there's nothing down. But God is the one that's up.